0: Good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody. Thank you once again for joining us. It is the Ramen crew. We are in the building, and this is another episode of the Ramen Movement. We're glad to be here today. Uh, It's just the three of us today, the three musketeers, and we are going to get into some exciting subjects today, but we're going to highlight something very important uh, towards the end of the show, so we want everybody to stay tuned. Uh, Again, thank you for listening, but without nothing else, to delay us from getting started let's go around the table and check in with everybody see how we're doing miss
1: Davette. how are you I am blessed and highly favored all is going my way yes yes hallelujah shoot oh you give me so much energy Care Bear I love it no all is good Care Bear Okay, you guys, I'm sorry. We're not doing the video version anymore, so you don't even understand all of the animation I was getting over here, but all is good. I'm happy. I'm great. How about you, birthday boy? doing well. Doing well. Birthday Birthday time. It's your birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy
2: birthday to you. Happy
0: birthday. birthday Happy birthday birthday to (laughs) you. Don't hey, it. it's, it's your birthday. birthday. We gonna party. All, right. all right, all right. It's your birthday. No, I, 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 I think <laughs> that will do. That will do. <laughs> It's your birthday. Appreciate man. y'all. Hey, I appreciate everybody. Thankful to be alive for you know another year. Amen. Excited hey. about uh, great things going on. Hey, man. Got a lot of personal development to do. Uh, feeling good about that. Business is growing. There's some changes going on. So we're looking to to get some more people healthy you know that's when that's your vision and your mission it always works out people come across your path that you uh, enjoy helping what about you CT what's going on with you
2: man you know just working on uh, getting uh, fat boy problems in full circle Uh, we are working on our new logo design that we're going to get once we get that in place we'll have a Facebook page we'll have an Instagram page and we're gonna probably do more with the blog site. Um just right now. I actually did uh three blogs this past week. So those are out of you can go to fatboyproblemsnox.blog problems dot blog. I have to look that up. I just forgot it. But we'll have to look that up. But you can go check me out. You can look at the links on my page and uh And we're just trying to make it big and get ready for the next step as far as in the direction we want to go with this.
0: Right, right. So there were some actual uh, live events today.
1: Ms. David, how was brunch? Brunch was was excellent. You know, the first rule of brunch club is you got to show up for brunch club. There you go. And we had so much fun. We talked. Um, We actually had a friend of mine who wanted me to unveil a portion of his book at brunch club so that was very empowering because the um, beautiful love lady shout out to the bold and beautiful brunch club they were able to give us feedback and ideas and it was so wonderful another young lady she is preparing a purses for purpose and what it is is they take purses regular women's purses and they fill it up with feminine hygiene products they fill it up with soaps and toothpaste things of that nature and they give it to the homeless so it was really great for her to be able to connect with another group of women and pass that on and be able to continue on her uh, mission and her ministry. So bless her for that. We see Tynisha. Um And then there's always just so much conversation and enjoying and laughing with people. we seen Chris Blue, he was in the building. Shout out to Lakeside Tavern. The salmon was on point. The jerk hey, chicken dude. was on point. Yes. The, um, the guy who was cutting off the prime rib, he was excellent. You know, he's my new best friend. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Brunch Club was really good. It definitely is that space that gives us time to connect, to interject, to have conversations one-on-one with people and hear a different side of opinions be yeah. able to share that dialogue that usually over a glass of mimosa so you can't go wrong with yeah, a beautiful sunday that's, afternoon it's a great start on the
0: lake that's a great start overlook yeah it's a, oh. it's a nice location so if you get a chance you know look up the the bold and beautiful brunch club is that correct yes and uh, the men's fellowship, it had a live event this week, right?
2: Sure, did
1: tell me about it.
2: We're gonna tell you about it but before we do that. I've got the website. Let me get that out there first fatboyproblemsknock at I mean dot blogspot.com is where you can find my reviews and my uh, blog that I'm doing. Fatboy Problems is the name. So, for the event that we had, it was a good time. Uh, we actually went to Half Barrel on the Strip. Uh oh if you're not familiar with Knoxville, that's Cumberland Avenue. Uh, very nice spot. Um if you want to know how the event went as far as the food wise, check out one of the bump blogs that I wrote on it. But um all in all it was good, the energy was well. Got to, you know, speak on different topics and we had um good conversation between men about subjects that there's going on in our life and was a place where people feel comfortable. As far as talking about anything. We also had a new person come this week. Um, Excuse me for forgetting your name, brother. Uh, Reggie cuts his hair. uh, And he's actually from Arkansas. Transplant to Knoxville. So uh, he came in today on that day, um, which was his past Wednesday. Man, it was
0: just a good time all around. Right. So the next one is the 22nd,
2: 22nd. We're going to be at Myrtle's Chicken and Beer.
0: Mm-hmm. that's on Kingston Pike right no no Where's we're the one, one in square. market square market square market square the so original there are two locations and there's the one on market square is where it'll be 12 o'clock high noon come get brunch come fellowship so just wanted to share a little bit of that with you all the the rama movement we are out doing live events we are getting people together we're trying to grow and that's what this is all about networking So, that being said, we're going to get right into it. CT, what do you got for us for the Spice of Life? Let's get started. Mm. (laughs) Sizzling. So, for the
2: Spice of Life, today is a subject that we touched on last week, but I thought we'd go back to it because there's so many layers to this. And from a business perspective, uh, we were talking about it off air. We want to know, you know, how much are... Is it worth it picking up someone like Antonio Brown and bringing them on to your business, which is the New England Patriots, even though he has all this baggage that's coming along with him and new stuff is coming out every day as far as with the uh, rape ac- uh, accusations? But also, there was, uh, they set up for a $2 million uh, settlement and he refused it. So you have all of this going on and your goal is to win all your games but also get to a Super Bowl and win the championship. That could play in a distraction but also it could tarnish your brand in a way. So I want to get your thoughts on being an owner and having someone that is basically weighing your brand down or causing harm to your brand. Why or would this be beneficial in certain situations? Or is it a hazard and should be avoided at all costs?
1: Would you like to go first? Or? For me, it's cost of doing business. Mm. You know, there is, I, I tell my clients all the time, because I work in financial services, there is no crystal ball. Mm. The only investment that's guaranteed to do exactly what it says it's going to do is life insurance. Houses can't do it. There is no type of mutual fund or stock that's gonna guarantee you growth. Um, and the same thing is true when it comes to employees. Your employees, you are taking a risk. Mm-hmm. You're putting yourself out there, and the dynamic is you really do want them to be able to produce a return for you. But it's not guaranteed. You know, They might just come in and steal all your office supplies and be out the door the next day. You took a loss just by letting them into your uh, supply closet. Mm-hmm. Right. So. You have to be very diligent and have a level of discernment when you go into those decisions. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, as a business owner, you know that it could go left at any given time. Right. We always hope for the best, but it can very easily go left. Like, I have agents under me who don't produce. Mm-hmm. They just don't. I can't go to their house. I can't pull them out of the bed. I can't make them go to work. I can't make them do the business. So, you know, the time that I spent, the business cards you paid for, the website you set mm-hmm. up, that's an expense. That's a loss. That's mm-hmm. absolutely a loss. But then you have other agents where, you know, they get at it. And mm-hmm. every time you turn around, they're writing business and they're moving and they're shaking. And, they're, you know, you, you pray for the best and you hope what? that you learn out these mistakes going forward that, well, you know, I know that I don't want a family member or a friend who really doesn't have a heart for this business to come and work for me as an employee. I would definitely want to be focused on the people who have more motivation and hopefully they can be able to reciprocate the same level of growth I expect out of them mm-hmm. because it's going to make my business grow. So, so, no crystal ball, but you can use discernment. And I'm, you know, a huge fan of it. If they ain't working, let them go. Don't put your energy in them. Don't try and pray for them and wait on the day to change. Let them go. Right. They got to go. And They called you back. Yeah. You'll be spending your time and your energy focusing on people who are high producers.
0: Right. And I think from an owner's standpoint, mm-hmm. it's, you know, the means to an end. I mean, the end is I want to win the Super Bowl. And I, I'm sure there were conversations behind closed doors that we were not privy to. Sure. And... Mm-hmm. As no no nonsense as the football coach is, I'm sure Robert Kraft is the same way. It's like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a chance. And then it's like, you know, as the love he showed for Meek Mills. I mean, mm-hmm. he may want to see him turn this around. But Go ahead. No, I was just saying, but we have to mention too that these guys are billionaires. So, like, again, the ultra rich don't Losing a couple million here and there right doesn't even come across their radar it's a total different ball game so yeah you don't you know what could potentially happen but for what like she like David said what he could produce for you mm-hmm. it's it's worth the risk I think mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to them because producing the results on the field now here's another little trinket to this conversation do you believe what happened
2: with mr. Kraft over? The summer has something to do as far as with him having this kind heart as well, seeing that he was caught up in his own scandal where he was caught, he was on film and everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Do
2: you think that plays a role in him saying, you know what? Maybe I need to ease off a little bit to try
0: to give this person a chance because the shoe has been on the other foot. I mean, right. I, we're human, so you know that plays a role into it. I mean, we sometimes, you know, again, you can use discernment. You can try to vet people. You can try all this and that, but things slip through the cracks. I mean, no, mm-hmm. no process is perfect, and you will miss things like. But sure, the being in that situation that you should be in makes you a lot more merciful. Why? Because you want mercy. When you get in that situation, but you know, overall, again, from a business standpoint, as the owner, this guy can produce. He's mm-hmm. available, and I'm sure his contract is contingent on a lot of things. I mean, mm-hmm. those are the things we're not aware of. You know, gotcha. It's kind of like the probationary period. We're going to try you out, and mm-hmm. but but this is what we expect. There are no with the Lenox. Yeah.
2: I Me mean, not I saying we're going to do it. You think about
1: this? Is this a belly moment?
2: I mean it
1: <laughs> just turned into a belly I mean, He just he just, I mean, to life. Hey,
2: great movie. It, it has a lot of references. Hey. That as far as life goes.
1: I, 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 and I, your
2: homies I, in it too. You
1: know it, he's a
0: star. <laughs> but I, I mean I think I think it's a way and see approach to see how it turns out, but I think he, he effectively weighed, you know, the benefits and the risks, I mean, that he knows about. Right. You know, who knows what's going to come out. I have a problem with, and David, maybe you can speak more to this, the young lady. I mean, why three years, and then why just money? Why not charges? I guess? Does that taint the allegations? So she made the allegations, and now it's just, I I just want the money. I'm, I'm going to civil.
1: She needs the money to pay for her therapy. Oh. Okay. No, i, I say that genuinely. No, and I...
0: I because
1: to... a lot of times there's a place of... when it comes to women and they're dealing with being um, attacked or assaulted in a particular way, mm-hmm. it, it might take them a while for them to even come clean with the fact of what happened. Right. And I think... I do a workshop called Women, Mind and Wealth, and we talk about it from the standpoint of men tend to go from a straight line, A to B is the quickest way to get to a place where actually with women we move in type of a flow, we move in an emotion, we move in a space that you know we have to be able to deal and process with a lot of things before we can go to point A and a half to even get to B. Okay. Um, Is the timing convenient? Yes. Is it bad for her? No. But also, men tend to look at things in a very strategic place while sue somebody before they have money.
0: That's a valid point. And that's why I wanted your perspective, like, to make sure it's not just coming across as, well, that's meant, that's, but there are more and, and, and it is. variables. There it.
1: are very variables. And and, and even guys are like, well, you should have did something about it right then and there. Yeah, I could absolutely done something about it then and there. However, as much as you hurt me, you know, they talk about revenge is a dish served cold then maybe it takes me to hold it in for 3, 5, 10, 20 years to be able to play it at the right position because I want to hurt you the way that you hurt me. So Mm -hmm. if she was sexually assaulted, and I know women, many, many women who have been sexually assaulted, you cannot. Tell me when and when I'm not supposed to right, right. make it public. You don't tell me when I'm supposed to stop grieving or when I'm supposed to stop hurting. Right. There is a dynamic of saying if I can use this to actually stab you in your back and turn the knife because of what you did to me umpteen years ago in my dorm room, and I don't know the story behind this. Right. I can only speak for the stories that I've heard personally. Mm-hmm. Then hell yeah, we'll get you when the money's good. Uncle Sam does it to you with your four hundred one k taxes. See, it always comes back See, to the four hundred one k. Money, 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 money,
0: money, money.
1: yeah, no. I mean, you put your money into it when it's small, and then of course you go to take it out at a hundred thousand, you get hit thirty percent in taxes. Hell, it ain't nothing different. It's part of the game.
0: Right. So right.
1: yeah, I didn't want to get too emotional. There,
0: sorry. No, <laughs> no, I appreciate the input because, like I said, I want to understand if I'm being, I guess, biased, and I was. I mean, that's something to learn and grow from. It's Because all I could see was, you know, why now? But, again, like you said, there's no time frame on it. I, I mean, know. it happened. You know, Absolutely. Whatever time it took to get the courage to, to come forward, I mean, that's just, I mean, the the two, the two people that were involved know what happened. Right. And, of course, the initial reaction is going to be, oh, it was this. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's up to them to decide, you know, if they're going to come clean about everything and... You know, we'll just have to wait and see, but I think that the ownership in this business of the football team made a decision, a a reserved decision, but I think there's a lot of contingencies. I mean, I don't think it's just like you're free to do whatever you want. Sure. It's it's like, no, you are under lock and key. Sure, sure.
1: And, and, And like I said, men and women see things so vastly differently. And I believe that he probably has some support from the men who understand that, yes, women can, I don't mean to use this word, but for lack of a better word, can be vindictive because they are hurt. And there might be men who are saying, you know, I understand that. I've been in a position where somebody has hurt me and I know what it means to have somebody who has my back. So in the Robert Kraft thing where he was caught up in the massage parlor, you know, who knows if he ended up with a happy ending or not. He was just was in the right place at the right time. Right. And now it's on his back. And we mm-hmm. Nobody has actual proof of him, to my knowledge. Yeah, you know, I mean? Y'all correct me if I'm wrong. But the way I remember the story, nobody has actual knowledge of him participating in any human trafficking or slavery right. or prostitution or anything. It was the fact that he was in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. So for that reason... He can probably identify and say, "We're going to give you a chance," mm-hmm. and it's really good that you know we as humans, we as people, business owners, we identify. Well, you know, one thing could have held me back. You know, I mentioned to the guys earlier, I bought my house when I was on probation. You know, there had to be somebody who gave me a chance and right. allowed me to go in and do the different things. Sometimes we take things as almost a death sentence if one thing happens to you. Oh, you can't ever have or get anything else ever again. Mm-hmm. We have to get outside of that mentality. So it's good that somebody who's coming behind him and saying, okay, I get you, this may or may not be true. This could really be... I mean, we've seen cases where kids in elementary yeah. school are smacking a girl on the butt and that's sexual assault. Mm-hmm. So till the rest of the story comes out, we don't necessarily know what this is all about.
0: Right. right. And there have been extreme cases, um, you know, reading the headlines where, you know, like to that point where kids are... Eleven, 12, mm-hmm. and having to register as a sex offender, mm-hmm. yeah you know, just from an innocent game of you know, and granted, people should teach their children like everybody's not comfortable right playing how you play, and I think with the with the whole situation, it is gonna have to be a wait and see, I believe I mean, because if it's going to happen, you know it'll be sooner than later, mm-hmm. I mean the mental health aspect of it is like. You know you got to be careful because some people once they get things going in their way or they get their way or they think you know it's almost narcissistic you know in nature and you got to watch that Well, i can't be caught or nobody's gonna take me down and i think like another mistake would honestly get them blackballed i believe probably probably so I i think them being them saying owners was like collectively just be like look we, we can't do this again we gave mm-hmm. this guy a chance and I mean how would we feel like your business you worked years and years and years and you gave somebody a chance and then they figuratively slap you in the face with you know something you specifically asked them not to do mm-hmm. you know for the sake of protecting your business you have to cut ties right producer or not in this case
1: I won't agree with that. okay? Only because I was one of those people who said that I would rather ask forgiveness instead of permission. And sometimes in, in a business, if you're very passionate and you're very intent on doing mm-hmm. something and you really believe it's going to work in your best benefit, maybe the business structures and setup up allows that to happen. And mind you, we're talking about my business. We are not talking about this whole sexual assault mm-hmm. situation. We're talking about my went out and said, I'm going to try and put out a post or a meme or something like mm-hmm. that. And it might be a little risque. And I would have against, you know, um, said against it. But they were like, no, I believe I know the market. I know the people. I think this can turn around. I think this will be a good thing. Well, we may be at odds. But if that person chooses to go out there and they do that and it turns to be successful, then I have to accept that and recognize, all right, maybe there's value here that you see that I need to take as wisdom. Well, the other aspect of it is it could turn out drastically bad. Right. Drastically bad. And in this situation, like you said, if he were to get in trouble again and it doesn't go in a productive way, then, yeah, you got to cut him loose. you got to let him go. So it, it's not all black and white. There are still some areas of gray with that. And you have to be able to look at it and say, is the person doing it in the best interest of the business or are they doing it in the best interest of the team? For this individual, my concern is, and I'm going back to Antonio Brown, maybe? Yeah. If he's just wilding out and he has no concern for his professional career at all, he's just doing what he want to do because this is who he is or what have you, maybe Mm -hmm. he doesn't feel like he's building his brand, then maybe I would have to cut ties with him. But if you were feeling like you were going to build a team and you were going to push us into a direction that was going to create some good PR or even maybe not even considered good PR but it still brings PR and brings awareness to another situation, you know, it could be the fact that, so what if he was beating up a guy? Good example. What if he was beating up a guy who was sexually assaulting another woman?
2: Right.
1: Well, the fight, of course, will be considered, hey, that's mm-hmm. another strike. But on the respect of he was defending someone who was being sexually assaulted, and it goes, you know, in conjunction with his own sexual assault case, then it goes that, hmm, let's talk about this. How, what, who is he as a person? Mm-hmm. Let's dive into that dynamic. Is he going to start doing commercials and community search? It's, like I said, it's a gray area for me.
0: Right. And that's, I mean, Again, without knowing everything, because another aspect of, you know, if you go all the way back to the beginning, the first dispute was about the helmet. Well, you come to find out yesterday in the article, that's why he raised such a fuss about the helmet. He already had an endorsement deal. Mm. So it was his money. That was in online. Right. right. So I think we all can respect him from that aspect. Sure. Like, hey, I've, I've got things in place. I mean, I'm sure you... Went out and spent right. contingent on some things and, and you know certain caveats and when it falls through, mm-hmm. no, we no we're not just gonna overlook this. Right. Mm-hmm. We need there needs to be some you know restitution or something. Absolutely. And I mean I think that's where um, you know we have to be careful like you said about being so black and white about everything and admit we don't know and take a wait and see approach and see how things and I think that's what the ownership will have to do. I mean, that's a a rolling machine that keep, you know, repeating. And they have systems in place. You know, you're a big purveyor of systems. And I think with the right systems and support, I mean, look at Josh Morgan. You know, nobody expected him to be around. He's another player on that team. And he, um, you know, had his issues. But not an ounce of trouble since he's been there. I mean, so there's still hope for people as long as they can – adhere and i think discipline especially as a business owner i mean it can it can make or break your business i mean not being disciplined you know not having systems in place to handle an influx or or an outgo you know poor cash management kills more businesses than especially small businesses you got to have good cash flow management you know you talk about things like accounts receivable that that doesn't mean anything till you actually get cash in hand. And I think, like, you have to analyze the ins and outs, you know, again, is letting people slide on things like that, is it going to hurt me in the long run? So just to bring it down to a small business owner standpoint, you know, you have to look at situations like that. Am I going to keep letting this customer slide on not paying me, mm-hmm. you know, because eventually it's going to impact me you know if it's a if it even if it's just a through process like mm-hmm. i order something from them ship it to somebody else i mean if i'm late with this guy it's making me look bad it's his fault but you know so from a business owner's standpoint it's great to show mercy because we all want mercy shown to us when things happen And i think i think they'll give him an honest try and i hope i hope he makes the best of it to be honest with you it's crazy how all this is played out but i mean i wish you nothing the best
1: absolutely absolutely
0: but moving on so what month is this this is september this
1: is september
0: yeah and, and, and there is there is something special about this month your birthday no nah, something else <laughs> some something real something near and dear to our hearts that we want to talk to people so the official title of this month is
1: life insurance awareness month yay
0: Quite simply put, we need to be prepared for the unexpected. You know, it's very serious, and we don't like to deal with the brevity of life, but it can happen at any time. Very sure. And your loved ones deserve to be taken care of, you know, beyond, you know, your time here on this earth, and especially in the event of an unforeseen accident or illness. And so we're going to highlight one of the many things that David does but we want to talk a little bit more about some, some basic guidelines you should give people when doing things like choosing insurance and how much or things like that. What are some of the things that goes into to setting up those things as far as life insurance, final expenses, and being prepared for the unexpected?
1: Certainly, certainly. Well, the first thing in respect to life insurance is to know what you can afford. I don't want people to spend more money than they can afford, but I definitely do want them to understand the importance of it. Now, with that being said, if you can afford to spend $30 on some nails, then you can afford to spend $20, $30 on a bottle at the club, then you can afford life insurance. If you can afford to go get a designer belt or designer handbag, you can afford life insurance. If you can afford cable and cell phone bills and all these other things, you can afford life insurance. Now, life insurance is one of the quickest easy and the most guaranteed ways to print money. Because the one thing that we know for sure is there's nobody who leaves makes it out of this world alive. Right. So with that being said, it is absolutely for certain that a life insurance policy is going to pay out, whether it be now, tomorrow, 10 years, 20 years from now, it's absolutely going to do what it says it's going to do. So it's an investment that you want to have, and you want to have it individually. Now, talked about budget is number one. Individually is number two. Most people tell me they have life insurance through their job. That's okay. Hey, let me ask. Do you want your job to pick what house you live in? No. Then why do you want them to pick how much money could leave to your family when you die? Do you want them to pick what car that you drive? Not at all. So why would you want them to pick what level of generational wealth you want to be able to pass on? Because, you know, if you leave your family tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars, then they might use it to create another business that will be competition for them. Right. So there's a level of illusion that goes along with it where we'll give you enough life insurance just so you can put you in the ground and bury you. But we don't care anything about making sure that your family pays off their any other debts like the house or paying for a kid's college education or being able to use it for investment opportunities that your kids may want to create a business in your name and create it as a legacy to you because you've taught them such good business value. Right. So being able to recognize what's your future net worth? Mm -hmm. How much money do you want to leave your family? Now, mind you, if you're one of those people like, I don't want to leave nothing, nobody, that's fine. Don't call me. Don't even come around me and don't be my friend. I don't like you. Right. I'm, I mean that with every fiber of my heart. I mean, you might as well be a you know a pedophile or a, you know, a serial killer to me. I don't like you. Right. But the, the reality of it is the people who are starting to look forward to the next generation and say, I want the next generation to have it better than me, and I'm going to put a strategy in place right now so they can have that, then that's good. Now, those are just the two basics, like the, the bare minimums when it comes to life insurance. Mm-hmm. Then let's take it to step number three. So what if you could use that life insurance in your life? You don't have to die to use life insurance right. anymore. Being able to say, I can use the cash value inside of that life insurance policy to buy a home, to pay for a kid's college education, for a wedding, to go backpacking in Europe, to... Do anything that you would want to do. I personally use mine to start my business. Mm -hmm. So being able to say, I can use the cash value in my life insurance, and that money is growing and compounding along with the stock market.
0: So what are the, you know, it's an investment tool, right? So It is an investment tool. So using it as an investment tool, just mm -hmm. a quick question. Sure. If I do use that money, how
1: is it taxed? It is not taxed. Now, this is the the greatest thing about that. There is a certain component to building life insurance. When you set it up, it needs to be at a certain proportion, the least amount of death benefit for the most amount of cash value, the most amount of money you can put into it. Because if you put one penny into it more, so let's say you got a $100,000 policy they let you put in $3,000 a year. If you put in $3,000 and one penny, it becomes a 401k. It becomes 100% taxable. Mm
0: -hmm. And we talked about 401Ks.
1: You know how I feel. (laughs) But the reality of it is people don't recognize that life insurance is one penny away from a 401K. Right. So as much as we want to give so much adoration to I got a 401K with a match to the job, Mm -hmm. you don't have the basic component of what makes a 401 k It is still life insurance being able to use that as an investment vehicle that can grow and compound your money over time and come back to you in your lifetime or your family members tax-free and penalty-free. Right. So, let's talk about another situation. I have a 26-year-old, and she was a mentee of mine that was in Texas. She bought her $100,000 policy, and she paid $90 a month into it because That was the equivalent of about $25 a week. So she could afford to put $25 a week towards it, knowing that she would be able to use it very similar to a 401 k, right? $50 a paycheck, $25 Mm -hmm. a week. That's Mm -hmm. not bad. So she's doing a little around about $90 a month for this $100,000 policy. She was able to buy her house in October of last year. She, no, excuse me, she got married in October of last year. I'm sorry, she got married in October of last year. She bought her house in December, and by February, she was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer. Mm. Of that $100,000 policy, the company came back and gave her $85,000 of her death benefit in her lifetime. She's still alive, and last week on September the 11th, she went in, she had a double mastectomy. She's gonna be able to be healthy. She's gonna be able to cut that cancer out of her body. She can continue to live a long, healthy, productive life. She can continue to work, but being able to have access to that money in her lifetime because she was diagnosed with the cancer allowed Mm -hmm. her to be able to say, my family didn't have to lose the house. I didn't have to go into debt. I can still be able to get back healthy so I can get back to work and generate Mm -hmm. a level of income and live a long, healthy life that I'll be able to get another policy later. And I'll be able to invest the money that's left over after the surgery. Because we all know when you have a surgery, well, your insurance only pays for your health insurance, only pays for a small portion. Mm -hmm. You still got co-pays and you got doctor bills and you got medications and you got chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. And these things all cost money. Right. And some people won't have a test because they want them to come up with a three hundred dollar copay. Well, your life insurance is a place where you can go back and get that three hundred dollar copay. Right. So you can have the test that'll allow you to continue to, mm, I don't know, live.
0: And so that means it's fair to say that it can be used as an investment tool, as a security blanket, and as. Well, to get people off on a good start in life, so mm-hmm. by the by the demographics, by age ranges, mm-hmm. how much should like you keep on a child, and can you go up the line a little bit? Like, what do you recommend? Like, if people want to cover their children, then cover themselves, and possibly cover an, an older relative or something in that manner.
1: So the the rule of thumb is ten times your net worth. Ten times your network. So say that somebody was going to give a kid a five hundred dollars savings bond. Mm-hmm. Well, that kid's savings bond five hundred dollars. So you ten times that, and it's like okay, well let's get this kid fifty thousand dollar policy. Okay, easy. Mm-hmm. So then maybe the kid already has the five twenty nine plan, and they might have you know twenty thousand two thousand dollars in there. And it's like well maybe we need to multiply that times ten. Um, as somebody's working, you want to be able to look at it and say, okay, well, <laughs> if you're a doctor and you're making $100,000 a year and you were to pass away, then we might want to have 10 times your income, which would be a million-dollar policy, because if you were to pass away at a young age and you still have small children who are used to a, and accustomed to a certain lifestyle, then you want to make sure that you're providing a replacement of income for that 10-year period. It's 10, 20, however, so that means a million-dollar policy. Right. Um, so it's very important to be able to look at your income replacement, what you would want to need. Now I'll even say this in respect to kids, and I've said this a hundred times before. My kids have really big life insurance policies because God forbid anything happens to my child, I'm not going back to work the next day, I'm not going back to the next week, I'm not going back to the next month. And there is that dynamic from in society. Well, we just got to suck it up and deal with it. No, you just ain't got no money. And that's why you suck it up and deal with it because you got to get back to the money and you're dealing Mm -hmm. with an emotional stress and stress Considering that I lost a parent at a young age Mm -hmm. I can understand that there is a level of trauma and a red number of level of rest that it doesn't work for everybody one person may be able to go back to work and it's okay Mm -hmm. the next person they might need to take some time out and see therapy. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But therapy still costs money. Right. And if that parent passed away and that life insurance, or excuse me, that health insurance was based on that parent's life, then how about now the other people don't have health insurance because they all might have had it through right. your job. Right. And you ain't there no And
0: way. I'm gone. I mean, there's, that's, I guess, the importance of because, and I know we've all seen it, and I'm sure it makes you cringe as a professional when you have the people that have the means Mm -hmm. because you see them showing it in pictures Mm -hmm. and then they do whatever have some sort of accidental way they leave life Mm -hmm. at a young age now what does everybody want to do if everybody can chip in we'll just have Mm it and when you could have just handled it up front I mean I think that's we can all agree that's where the awareness comes in play that one you can use these things for more than just a certificate but you can change your family's you know wealth standard you know by just hey you you're gone anyway yeah and I think that's a mindset that we need to cultivate and I, and I appreciate you sharing because I, you know it makes gives me pause makes me think about you know adding more coverage because you think oh well we have a plan in place and I have told my wife do this and do this for the kids and everything should be fine but the trauma you know, especially if it's an accident. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody right. plans for that. And to to have that peace of mind where you can say, it's probably going to be three months for me. Exactly. I need, I need to make sure I'm right. I need to make sure, you know, because the family still has to live on. Right. They still have to go through that. But to have that space and like you're saying, the freedom of time and the freedom of money, because you were diligent in being prepared, I think, again, that's the awareness. Like, we should we should be spreading. Um, I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing with us and making it, I didn't know the other things about the values, like using the money on the, um, I may say it wrong. Is it index universal life? hmm Index universal life. Yeah. How, how you can use that cash value for things to help you get a better start in life. So Absolutely. You know, I, I appreciate you opening that up for me.
1: So explain a little bit of that. Sure. So back in 1953, Um, A gentleman, he drew out a picture, and he thought it was going to be the best thing known to bread. And he kept shopping around to bank and bank. And he said, look, this is my picture. It's going to be the best thing. You should invest in me. You should invest in me. Mm. And nobody really wanted to pay attention to him. So he had to go back home, and he had to look at his own assets. And he was able to pull the cash value out of his life insurance policy Mm. to start the first theme park that we are familiar with is Disney World. Mm. so Walt Disney used cash value inside of his life insurance for that now even before that in 1929 another gentleman named James he had employees that he had taken care of you know he he took care of them and paid them a salary but 1925-29 was the Great Depression Mm -hmm. so he didn't have a lot of income coming in for his business and he had to figure out a way to sustain his business and keep it propped up Mm -hmm. while we went through this economic downturn So Mr. Penny decided to go pull the cash value from his life insurance policy, and he kept his employees off the breadline. And if you haven't caught on by now, we're talking about James Cash Penny, J.C. Penny, Mm -hmm. used the cash value in his life insurance policy to be able to keep his business alive. Then there was another gentleman who not only mortgaged his house, but he basically took the equity or the cash value out of his life insurance policy because he seen these two brothers that had such a great investment opportunity with a hamburger shop. And Ray Kroc decided he was going to pull cash value from not only his home, but his life insurance policy to give him enough money to start McDonald's as a national franchise. So those are just kind of three Small <laughs> examples, but then you have other things like Um, Doris Christopher, she used the cash value in her life insurance to create her first prototypes for Pampered Chef, and then she ended up selling that over as a 11 million dollar business to Warren Buffett for you know his buying out the company. Um, for, for um, Foster's Farm, um, Pacific Life, oh, John McCain even used the cash value in his life insurance policy To run for president. And even still, the Rockefellers, all right, so this is my favorite. This is my favorite story. With the Rockefellers, the day that you're born, two weeks in, you have to be two weeks old. So when you're two weeks old, they buy a million dollar policy on their grandkids. No matter what. Now, mind you, you're like all the Rockefellers have all this money, but Mm -hmm. they buy it in the name of the trust. Because as someone passes away, the trust is replenished. It puts money back into the trust. The Rockefellers, they built their money off of oil back in the early 1900s. But that conglomerate or that monopoly we know as um, Standard Oil Company was broken up into uh, TexCo and Exxon and all the companies we have now. So they broke Mm -hmm. up into monopoly. That family only has their investments that they have been able to live off and has sustained them for the last 100 years. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you think about how many people in your family has passed in the last 100 years. Right. So assuming that every person who passes a hundred or five hundred or a million dollars goes back into the trust, then that's money that's divvied out to the rest of the family members. So that money says that it not only is able to grow in the market and compound, but Tax-free money goes back into the bucket that allows it to build and grow. And now you can use it to start a business. You can use it to buy a house. You can use it to start an education for your kids. You can use it to go backpacking in Europe. So you'll be able to have experiences and not just, you know, debt when you go to college. Right. So it creates a different level of, and mind you, the family themselves, they are really, they're great philanthropists. They always donate to various organizations and that's beautiful about them but I've heard stories about the kids who were Rockefellers, the you know, when they were grammar school kids, the grammar school kids they still live such a normal and plain life they didn't even realize they were rich. It was the other kids because their parents told them to tell the kids that that's how the kids found out that they were rich. Mm-hmm. Because they live a very normal lifestyle. Now, now, not most, extravagant. I think most affluent
0: people do Uh there's not i don't think there's like a a large number of people that well a certain grade of people who don't live the life like on the boat and showing you wearing all my money and wearing all my i mean i think that's but i appreciate you sharing like the fact that it it can be such a useful tool Mm -hmm. and not just a piece of paper you hold on to waiting on somebody to die i mean that's that's important because this, the, the stories you just shared are how families have changed generations. Right. Just by making sure people are protected in the event of an accident. Sure. I mean, I know the cliche is it's something you don't need until you need it, but everybody needs it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to do is, again, create awareness. Maybe these are some things you have heard. Maybe some things you'd like more information on. It. And, you know, for that, you can go to...
1: I am wealthy now.com, life vision or who taught you how to be broke on Facebook and the vision vault on Instagram.
0: We love those vision vaults. I mean, if you want to know more about them, just get in touch with Miss David. CT, you got any questions about life insurance?
2: No, I'm taking all this in. It's opened my eyes to a lot of things because I think we've all been pushed towards thinking that because you have a job that is decent. And they offer you life insurance that it is the best thing for your your future or in the future for you. But seeing what she's talking about is having that individual life insurance is where it's going to be at. Because you know right there that that's going to go to where you want it to go.
0: Absolutely. And to make sure things are in place the right way. So, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And just to share from a personal story, which I think I've shared before, but one more time won't hurt. Um... I was in a situation at my previous employer where employee had an accident on the way to work. hmm And they ended up paying his family. But guess what happened to us? That was still there. They canceled all our policy. Wow. No, wow. that's why you need an individual plan just to encourage people. It can happen. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be a death. The company could be like, you know what? That's
1: not one of the benefits we want to pay for anymore right yeah and and that's where we go down to you want your employer to you know determine where you live because they could take that away from you it's, right. you know it's cool to have a company car while you're working for the company when you're not working for the company anymore they're gonna take their car back right wow. and the same thing is with the company life insurance policy either they're going to take the company policy back and all that money you put into it is gone you do not get I had a lady who came in and called me yesterday as a referral. And she needed to get policy. And she, she retired from the school system. And people had in their minds that, you know, you know the school system, they're going to do you right. You spend all this time working for the mm-hmm. kids and taking care of them and sacrificing. And yet, you know, she's paying, she's paying a fair penny for a life insurance policy through me. Because no one sat down and had a conversation and told her that she probably needed to do this when she was in her 20s, 30s, and 40s. So now that she's 66 years old getting a policy and I will be frank to say it this was one of the best policies that I could find her as a broker I shopped around she is paying a $100 a month for $20,000 worth of coverage at the age of 66 Mm -hmm. as a smoker so when you look at it from the standpoint of you know oh well I can always get cheap life insurance you cannot always get cheap life insurance Mm -hmm. so it's imperative to get it while you're young and you're healthy Get a term policy. If you can only afford twenty and thirty dollars now for a term, get that term policy and convert it. Switch it up to a permanent policy that's gonna build cash value later. But make sure that you have enough coverage. You know, take into consideration the average funeral is about $15,000 18000 right. When I buried my mom 15, 16 years ago, it was 12000 If I would known what I know now, if I have known then what I know now, I would have never spent all that money on her funeral. Right. But the reality of it is I made a mistake because I didn't take the time to really talk to her about her financial plan to mm-hmm. know what her investments were. And ironically, she did also own a $100,000 term policy that did not pay out because it was only going to pay out if she had an accident. So because she passed away from a health condition, those accidental death policies don't pay out. So even though she really felt like she had a sufficient amount of coverage, it it did not. It was not. So yeah, being able to review those policies regularly is important.
0: Right. Right. just a few seconds ago, you talked about, um, and some people may be familiar, but some may not be. Can you go into to term and uh, permanent?
1: Okay, sure. So, term is essentially rent. You rent an apartment, you get to stay in that apartment for a certain number of years or a certain number of months. Mm-hmm. You have a term that you can be in there and the price is fixed for that amount of time. After that, then you would need to essentially graduate into a house, right? Mm-hmm. So when you graduate into a house, well, you may be still paying the same amount of money for the house, but you also are going to have equity that's built mm-hmm. into the house. Now, with that equity, you can go and pull that equity out of your house. You know, you can go to a bank and say, I want to refinance, I want to sell my house, I want to pull the equity out and use that money for anything else. They don't care. Life insurance is the same way. You can be able to spend time and create a level of equity inside of a permanent policy. So some mm-hmm. people will know them his whole life. Or an IUL or a Universal Life BUL, but being able to say these permanent policies are like my house and it builds value. It's an asset. Mm -hmm. It's genuinely an asset, something that I can use and keep with me for the rest of my life. If I choose to sell it, I can sell it. Warren Buffett will buy your life insurance policy from you right now. Yours, like I don't want this anymore. Then he'll buy it from you. He'll give you some money for it. Even kind of like people do reverse mortgages on houses. Okay. Yeah. So you know, it becomes an asset when it's a permanent policy. When it's term, a lot of times what we have to our job is because it's for the term that you work there. Right. Mm-hmm. It's for you know the ten years that you plan on just being able to. We'll say in the respect of buying a house, I'm gonna pay off my house in fifteen years. I only need fifteen year term because if anything happens to me over that fifteen year term, then I want my family to pay off the house. It makes perfect sense. Now I am a huge believer in having both why because I own multiple pairs of shoes so I got one pair of shoes that I wear to the gym and I got another pair of shoes that I wear to church and with that being said the combination of the two says I'm protected no matter what potentially happens Mm -hmm. so I look at life insurance as a as a an asset not an expense I literally look at it as this is something that I know is going to pay out to if not only me in my lifetime And like I said, I've used it to buy my house. I've used it to pay for my kids' college education. I've used it to pay my phone bill. I've used it to start my business. I've used it to, you know, whatever expense that I've had to come up in my life to go on vacation. I have used my permanent policy in my lifetime. But I also have a huge term policy over on the side that says that if something were to happen to me prematurely, not only does the death benefit from the permanent policy, the house payoff. But also, the term policy will pay out to my family as well. And I know at a certain point that the term policy gets so expensive that it matches up to a permanent policy. So it's important for me to be able to have both. So if I have to let one go, I know I still have something that's going to cover my baseline.
0: Right. Appreciate you explaining that. Because, these are, again, these are conversations, you know, you need to have sit down with your spouse, significant other, family, and, and really think about these things you need and get in touch with Davey. She doesn't mind working with people. This is truly a, a servant based thing. I mean, you have to want to serve people to do these things for Absolutely, them.
1: absolutely. But
0: the the prospect of protecting your family and also changing future generations should inspire us to be more aware of where we honestly are. Mm-hmm. And Halton, uh, Would you recommend people reviewing their documents to make sure they're protected enough?
1: At least every three to five years. Okay. Because you have a beneficiary that's passed away. Or you'll have somebody who you have a grandchild that's now being you want to add to your plan. Or you may want to create another plan to recognize that maybe I bought another investment property. So being able to say, I want to protect all these different things and I want to be able to leave a level of generational wealth That doesn't mean every three to five years you have to make a change, but it's good to be able to look at it and know what you have. The biggest problem is people who will take out a $10,000 policy 20 years ago, and in their mind from 20 years ago, well, I bought life insurance, but they didn't realize they bought a 10-year policy, and the policy expired 10 years ago, and here it is now, they're 10 years later. And they've got a health condition. They've, you know, had a heart attack congestive heart failure or they've been diagnosed with cancer. And in this day and age, we're living longer and medical profession has gotten better. So they can fix you and make you stronger and make you live, Mm -hmm. but you won't have any coverage. So your family will end up going back and doing one of those GoFundMe accounts and something like that because you just didn't pay attention to the fact that your 10-year policy canceled when you was 40 years old. And here you are now, 50 or 60, talking about... uh, I don't know what happened. Right. People move from job to job mm-hmm. and they think that the benefits in one job is going to be the same as the other and it's not true. Like mm-hmm. you said, you know, your company owns a life, offers a life insurance policy, yours is not. Right. And even still, yours might offer mm-hmm. 100000 yours might only offer 10000 So it's not the same. And all of that money that people are paying out of their paychecks mm-hmm. towards a life insurance policy through their job and they plan to start businesses and they plan to move on and, you know, do other things. Well, that's money wasted. It would make more sense to just buy your own policy and not take the company plan because you know your goals are going to be much bigger than staying here at this company till the day that you die. Right. Then there's other stuff like what if you start a business? You and I go in business together. We're business partners. I die tomorrow. What happens to my family, my contribution, and what happens to my family? Do you pay them out? When do you pay them out? Right. So there's the difference that we call a thing that we call a key man life insurance policy. So that says if something were to happen, God forbid, then you would be able to collect the $100,000 policy and you can buy my family out because my family doesn't know anything about running our business. Right. Um, I hire you. Mm-hmm. And you are the best salesman I got. Like, I run the business. I bring in the inventory. But you go out and you make the sale. You do all the work. All I do is just kind of sit back and collect checks. And then you pass away. How this is it gonna be for me to find another you? You know, I that is not like you're you're one of a kind. I might have to search high-end level. Super care bear.
2: <laughs>
1: but those are the things where a lot of employers will buy policies and business partners will buy fist policies on one another because they know that their livelihood, their you're an asset. It's a jeopardy. Anything could happen. Tomorrow's not promised to anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that is promised is if you pay your premiums, that life insurance will pay you out. Darn. So, you know, it's one of it's definitely my favorite investment, my absolute favorite investment. You can get the money tax-free. You can be able to use the money in your lifetime. You can be able to use that money um, and have it grow inside the stock market. You don't ever have to worry about losing money into it except for a variable, well, which I have. But I've actually done very well in my VUL. So as much as people worry about, oh, well, I could potentially risk money or lose money. It's all about a strategy. Mm -hmm. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Right. And we don't even want to get into the fact of probate. Because we look at Prince and Laretha Franklin and everybody else who passed away with all these millions of dollars and all of these assets. And they're tied up in the court system and can't nobody get it. But a life insurance would have cut them a check within a matter of 10 to 15 days. Ask me how I know. Because I had a client who I just wrote a policy on her dad last May. He died on Easter of this year in April. And Mm -hmm. she walking around with a nice chunk of money in her pocket right now. So, even though, same time Aretha and Prince Prince died, what, two, three years ago? Mm -hmm. She got her money a whole lot faster than his family.
0: Which, which speaks again. Without about, going through probate. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving this. I mean, I hope that everyone listening to this takes this into account. And if you are prepared, great. Share with other people about getting prepared. But if you're not prepared, consider taking a, a, a look, a serious look, and, and work with David. She'll work with you and get you what you need. Uh, the process is seamless, it really is. It's answering a few questions and being honest. Don't, don't, don't try to fudge because they will find it. You can attest to that, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. But the other part of it is it's okay to be honest with somebody that has your best interest at heart. Right. If we go through the application and I see something that I don't like, I'm not going to submit it. And I'm going to talk to you about it one-on-one and say, all right, look, we need to have a conversation. So you might be a felon. All right, maybe we need to go here and we might need to pay a couple of dollars more, but we can get it done. Or you've had heart problems. All right, let's move you over here so we can make sure that we have the coverage for your family. Because it's that important. Right. It's really that important. And at this day and age, nobody wants to go through the GoFundMe. Nobody wants to, you know, have their family looking at them, looking down the nose at them. It's like, oh, well, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Life happens. Yep. So it's important for us to be able to create a plan that works for your life yes so important that we
0: be prepared man that was action-packed i certainly appreciate it we are going to round it out as always i am grateful for this this movement uh i'm thankful to be with you guys each and every week and um i, I appreciate you all coming out your heart you have for others and i think you know we're, we're starting to gain momentum so again i just wanted to share that with you all all our listeners i appreciate you all tuning in And that being said, everybody give us a word and then we'll round this thing out. Who wants to go first?
2: I will go first. Uh, Basically, man, find your passion, live your passion, and succeed in your passion. Yeah. Find your passion, live your passion, and then succeed in your passion. Because that right there is going to make you not only... uh, financially sound but it's going to make you a better person because if you're doing something that you're passionate about it's not going to be something that's going to be a labor to you it's going to be something that will hold you down and you will enjoy doing it and then you will love helping others in the process so that's all I
0: got word word thank you for that thank you for that stay back
1: Oh, gosh, you know, I've said so much, so to round it off, I would absolutely say pay yourself first, pay yourself often, and pay yourself well. You know, we've got to get in a standpoint where we take care of ourselves first. That doesn't mean by the shoes, by the bag, by the purse, by the vacation. You know what? I I posted the other day, and please help me understand, what memory have you ever eaten? Name a memory that you've ever eaten. So we got to get out of this BS It was like, oh, well, I'm going on a trip and I'm creating memories. I'm going to need you to put some money in a damn bank because memories cannot be eaten. And there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to need to pull money to be able to use that. Now, I'm okay. I'm all for having memories, but don't let that be an excuse to keep you from saving money, investing money, growing your money. Money is okay to have. It's a great thing. It's one of my best. You know. Solves a lot of problems. It solves my they say money won't make you happy, but shit, it don't make me sad either. It don't (laughs) make me sad either. So pay yourself first, pay yourself often and pay yourself well. You deserve it.
0: You better buy don't buy the shoes. Don't don't buy (laughs) the
1: shoes.
0: (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, I just wanna say, if you haven't, go get the book. Who taught you how to be broke? You know. And I I wanted to share just a little bit of that one habit Mm. that um You know, David encourages you in the book to take 60 minutes, 60 minutes a week and work on your financial strategy, whether it be getting into a book, whatever just helps you get better. Don't get discouraged. Um, As long as you're going forward, it's progress and it counts. No matter how slow it may seem, get your system in place, work on it, get it down together, take in everything that's being distributed. Learn where to find information. If you don't know, ask. Somebody knows. And we have to be more willing to share. Um, I appreciate everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in. This has been a great show. Uh, the audio will be up hopefully in the morning. And uh, we thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, have a good evening. Peace. Hi.